lock and load. This is GeorgiaCarry.org Radio with Georgia Carry's Executive Director, Jerry Henry. GeorgiaCarry.org is Georgia's no-compromise voice for gun owners. The leader in the fight to reclaim and expand our Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. Here's your host, Executive Director of GeorgiaCarry.org, Jerry Henry. Welcome to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio Hour. This Saturday morning here in uh, downtown Atlanta, Georgia, the day before Easter Sunday. Uh, hopefully uh, a lot of people will remember what that's all about and uh, and uh, practice your faith and uh, have a good weekend. Um, it's been, a, it's been, as we said last time, last week, it's been a, a quite a quite a tumble uh, six weeks or so, and we're still reeling from some of the things that happened on, uh, from the shooting that happened on uh, uh, Valentine's Day. And I want to talk a little bit about some of those things. Uh, I've kind of been out of pocket today, and I've called on my good friend, once again, Mark Walters, to uh, to help me out on the program here. We're going to talk about a couple of things that we've discussed here and try to bring it to you and see what you think about it. So uh, all of you remember, I'm sure, Mark Walters, syndicated radio host for Armed American Radio and the Daily Defense Drive, uh, Monday through Friday, uh, from 4 to 5 Eastern Time. And uh, the Monster Show is Sunday night from uh, 8 to 11 Eastern Time, if I'm not correct. And if I'm incorrect, I'm sure Mark will correct me. Welcome, Mark. Good morning, brother, and you are correct. Hey, look at there. I keep listening. I'll figure (laughs) it out one of these days. Happy Easter weekend, my man. Yes, sir. Happy Easter weekend. To everybody, this is uh, uh, like I said. For a lot of people, this is a very, very special week, and and it's uh, it's uh, it's time to sit back and do a little self-reflecting and and try to figure out where you've been, where you're going, and and uh, just for some people, it, it kind of helps uh, every once in a while to uh, to realign your your uh, your goals and uh, outlook on life, and this is a good time to do it. So, Mark, I asked you to come on here to talk about a couple of things. Um, one was uh, uh, you tweeted out earlier today that the left is coming after our guns. You know, we, we've said for years, they sit back and say, oh, we believe in the Second Amendment. We, we hunt. My granddaddy used to shoot deer right. and all that kind of good stuff. And I'm a firm believer in the Second Amendment, but obviously they're not. And they've hidden behind that saying, oh, we don't want your guns. Well, now they're they're kind of making it pretty clear. I believe Mary, Mary Margaret Oliver here in Atlanta made it clear when she came out with HB 10 in 2016, or 2017, rather, that would confiscate any uh, AR-15-type uh, weapons and anything that had a uh, uh, large-capacity magazine. Right. So Come get them. They're, they're coming out. They're, we don't want them, but we're going to confiscate them. Uh, yeah. Explain well, that you know, Listen, me. Jerry, we've, we've talked about, you and I, know each other well we've known each other a long time and and not only do we meet at georgia carry venues here in atlanta and other places but we also meet at other locations we meet at shot show we meet at gun rights policy conferences and we sit with large groups of people and that are the leaders in the in the gun rights movement and and we've all known this inside our circles for many many years and and i'm actually you know a lot of people i'm talking to are angry about this don't be angry love this relish this this is what we've been trying to get them to admit to for, for decades. For decades. Yes, you're right. So why would I relish it? Well, I'll tell you why. Because there is no taste and no way 
that the Second Amendment is going to be repealed. No. Period. It no. isn't going to happen. And the more that they talk about it, the more they want it, the more their hypocrisy shines and drips. And when you listen to these people talk, you've got to wipe their mouth because the hypocrisy just drips out of both sides of it when oh, you yeah. listen to these folks. So what they're doing is, they're ex- more importantly than, than them coming out, this is their coming out time now, yeah. more importantly than their coming out for what we already know they wanted is the fact that they are exposing themselves for the liars they've been since day one. That's correct. And, they didn't and, just all of a sudden formulate this. No. You know, yeah. after Parkland, you you got this. You got people like Pierce Morgan in the media. These people live inside the media bubble. They live in it. Pierce, I told you before, I have, I have tremendous respect for Pierce Morgan. People say what? I have tremendous respect for him you because he's he never stands. made any bones about what he's wanted. That's correct. At least he's come out and said it. And I respect that. You can at least have. You know, he, he's not interested in having an honest debate. He's looking no. for red meat TV and radio. Right. But if you're dealing with somebody that's interested in having a debate and that's their position, then you've got a you've got a place to start. That's correct. Pierce is intellectually you know, at least he's he's intellectually he's intellectually dishonest when it comes to debating, but he's intellectually honest about what his position is. Yes. So now you've got people that are outing themselves as liars. Other prominent people are starting to say what they've been thinking. John Paul Stevens, for example, is right. one. Larry King comes out and says this. Mm-hmm. Now you've got people agreeing with it. Yeah, I think we should. Now you've got other athletes coming out and saying this now that they're doing it i'm sitting back smiling going man you know i've been i i i I don't have a problem telling people i'm right yet again that's correct well i agree with that and and it's also easier to fight somebody when you know exactly what what side they're on when you know what their agenda is is. it's a whole lot easier you know it's that old saying keep your your friends close but your enemies closer and uh and that's what we have to do but well these uh, people are believing now that because of the media frenzy that they participated in. You know, their endorphins are still flying from their march. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, they're, they're still buzzing about when they went home. They're still high as kites, and their 15 minutes is beginning to dwindle. And as it dwindles, you got to wonder, I ask this question, you know, how are they going to keep this David Hogg kid on the TV screens as time, you know, goes farther and farther away, drifts further and further away right. from the march? Well, CNN is doing everything they can. They're Now they're, you know, following him, and I'm sure we're going to talk about this too, but... The fact of the matter is that as the 15 minutes of fame goes and as the, as the march gets further and further away, they're changing this tune now That's correct. to this repeal. You're beginning to see this now lead into a repeal of the Second Amendment. And the media is creating the story as if it's somehow got, you know, some sense of, of you know, that, that it can occur. Right, like and it's it not happen. going to occur. And no. The more they push no. the repeal of, of one of our uh, number, one of our Bill of Rights, our original Bill of Rights, Americans don't have an appetite for that any more no. they do than they have repealing the First Amendment. That's correct. And that's going to eventually backfire on these hypocrites and liars. So don't get angry. Well, it's tough to watch, and it is angering. Sit back, take a deep breath, and relax, and go, man, this is exactly what you've been wanting these people to do for years. Oh, yeah. I, I don't disagree with that at all. Uh, and, in fact, the further we get away from the march and the further away we get away from uh, uh, from Valentine's Day, the less and less uh, – action you're going to see from that group now they're going to have to go out and bloomberg's going to have to buy him another group of of astroturf uh, activists to come out here and keep the ball rolling we don't have to do that we always on on the alert we're always ready to go we're always ready to fight for our rights and 
those people who fight against our rights are not always ready to do that. They are whatever the hot button of the moment says to do, and that's what they'll go and do. And you will well, see them as— get, Well, we do want to do—I want to be realistic, and you're, you're absolutely correct on everything you just said, 100% in agreement, 1,000% in agreement. But I want to throw a butt in here. I want to throw a caveat in here for one simple reason. This is a fight for our lives. We've never been in a fight at this level before, ever. And I, a lot of people are thinking, oh, it's just a bunch of media hype. This, that. That, that is true. But the media has outed themselves now as a force to be reckoned with. They're coming for your guns. They're going to give anybody that feels and agrees the same with, with them and this feels the same way they do a platform. David Hogg ain't going away anytime soon, friends. In case you don't like watching that kid on TV, you better get used to it because they're going to trot him out. Every opportunity they get, they're going to try them out. Now, the rest of those kids, the vast majority, and by the way, the march, I think they did a, a, a survey or, or some type of analytic on it. The average age at the march was 49 years old. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but and we need to listen to the kids. 80% of the marchers there were adults, yep. well over the student age, right. less than 20%, or I think I saw numbers as low as 10% were students. Yep. Most of them went there to be a participant in this big thing. They go home, they're going on with their lives. That's You're going to have a small handful, like the kids who are being, who have decided they wanted to, to get out in front of the media, like Hogg and a couple of the other kids, Emma Gonzalez and the whatever, Kasky, whatever the kid's name mm-hmm. is. The media will continue to trot them out and make them mouthpieces, but the more he swears at you, the more profanity he throws at you, the more he calls you a murderer, the more donations are going up to the National Rifle Association, the more members are joining the Second Amendment Foundation. But here's where this gets very, very dangerous. You have corporate America now capitulating to a certain extent to Twitter users, anonymous people living in their parents' basement who are numbers on a Twitter account are now driving Think about what what I'm saying here, are now driving corporations, multi-billion dollar corporations, to make decisions against your right to bear arms. There is now a concerted effort to get large companies, including gun manufacturers and accessory makers, to get away from the NRA. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't think that's going to happen, but it could be. The people you were referring to a while ago, I think, are known as keyboard warriors. The keyboard warriors, uh, yeah. I could come up with a few other names, but yeah. that's one of the nicest ones I can and, think of. And that's, they are that, well, I try to be nice on this program. I try to be nice everywhere I go. I'm, I'm, known, I'm known in the mirror as a nice guy. Uh, yes, you are. <laughs> I'm the only one that knows it, but that's beside the point. No, I, I've, I've uh, seen the other side. I love it. But, uh, but yeah, you're right. They're, uh, they're going to continue to trot them out, but they're not going to have the same big following that they had. They're going to have to find another group of, of uh, AstroTurf people to follow them and that that was the point that i was making you're gonna have yeah. a few people that are gonna sit up here and scream and shout the kid from um what was his name from virginia tech he's still around but nobody listens to him anymore Colin goddard yeah, yeah. well he's, a, nobody, he's now two generations removed right. from the kids so, down in parkland that's correct so and i mean these kids uh, you, you got just a, a handful of these kids that actually think and they have people in the media like Pierce Morgan and others who are outing themselves in there if you've gone and read some of their twitter conversations right. they actually think that they know more than our founding fathers. They actually believe that they're going to change that parchment paper. Yep. Yep. Hi, hold that hold that thought there. We'll come back here after a break. Uh, you, we've talked so much, we just zipped right through the first segment here. I want to remind you, go to georgiacarry.org, our website. You can join for 20 bucks a year. You can join multiple years, $500 for a lifetime membership. You can uh, download the commercial-free podcast there and here at Newstalk1160.com, and we will be right back.
And now, back to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio with GeorgiaCarry.org's Executive Director, Jerry Henry. Welcome back to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio Hour. I'm here once again with Mark Walters, and I cut you off, Mark, just before the break. We were talking about uh, how um, the keyboard warriors and the anonymous hippies from the from the basement right. of their parents' house were trying to affect, and we're having actually an effect on uh, corporate policy on trying to get them to to leave the NRA, leave anything that had to do with uh, firearms manufacturers, etc. So let's pick well, up where guys, we were. I'll, I'll wrap it up with this. You know, I've been talking about the media for years, and we see this all the time. You begin to see the left because the media is left because they all run in the same circles, because they're all part of the same propaganda machine, they all begin to believe their own hype right. over time. They believe what, you know, the, everybody agrees with them because the media tells them that they see it all day. It's all reinforced. Their liberal leftist viewpoints, in this case their gun grabber viewpoints, are all being reinforced. And they're seeing it on this massive scale because it's on everybody's TV screens. Well, let's talk about how massive it really is. 0.006% of all high school kids in America walked out mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago. Point zero zero six. There are 138,000 schools in America. I can promise you not every kid walked out. In fact, in Cherokee County, where I am, very few kids left. My right. daughter's class didn't even, nobody went. Yeah. Okay? So, but the, they splash this stuff on TV screens, and the people who, are, who live in that environment see that, and they think, wow, look at what everybody's doing. Everybody's not doing it. That's a very, right. very small percentage of people do. 200,000 people descended on D.C. Woo-hoo. Half of that number, more than half of that number, attends a University of Michigan football game every Saturday. Right, right. Okay. This is a country of 320 million people. Right. But perception is reality, and the problem that we have is, unfortunately, there are a lot of stupid people that watch TV and go, wow, look at that. Yeah, yeah. Wow, I, I maybe I maybe my views are wrong. Maybe I need to th- right. rethink myself because of what they saw on television. So we're here to put that reality back in perspective. Right. And while it appears that, that that perception is reality to a lot of people, and unfortunately it is, that's why we have. That's why we're in the fight that we're in right now that's because correct. the media is never going to drop this anytime soon. No, they're not. But there is the the. The great flyover country, or the silent majority that that Nixon always referred to back in the, oh, sure. in the seventies, who sit there and don't say too much, but they're the ones that actually drive the agenda of the country. Well, Although they, they also other, tripled donations to the National Rifle oh, yes. Association from January through the March, right? right. Tripled and, the and, Second Amendment Foundation's uh, membership base between eighteen and twenty has seen a twelve hundred percent increase. Right. Right, we've but seen the some. We've seen not some increase. Telling you that we yeah. have to keep reminding people of that. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, we've seen some increase in our membership, and we expect to see some more. You know, normally when we get a threat, when we get to, when we see right. increases in in membership, and I don't know what the what the figures are. I, I don't really keep up with that. That's something that we've never really uh, thrown out a whole lot. But um, you know, this reminds me to a degree how you were talking about how the media tries to shape our thinking. Uh, I was around in the '60s and '70s when the when the hippies were making their marches and the anti-Vietnam uh, uh, marches were going on, and the media was doing the same thing. You know, one of the things that helped bring Vietnam to an end was Walter Cronkite standing up and saying, "The war's lost. We might as well quit." And everybody said, "Oh my God, the war's lost!" And then everybody turned against the, it. And 
we've got to be careful from something like that. Fortunately, there's nobody that that is that, that has the respect uh, that Walter Cronkite had at the time in the news media that I'm aware of that would sit there and say, "Oh, okay, he's right." Now we, we're questioning a little bit more, which is one of the things that happened. Uh, at least from my perspective, during those Vietnam years, uh, during the turbulent 60s and 70s, uh, was the fact that we did start questioning a little bit about where we are, what we're doing, and why we're doing it. Uh, Not that we just turned a a blind eye to everything else, but we started paying a little bit more attention. Prior to that, that was a time in in American history, I think, when um, you did what you were kind of told, and, and it's better to be just sit over there and be quiet and not do anything. And and that was one of those things that changed during that time. But if you go back and look at the news reports, if you look at what was going on, every time you turned around, we had riots and we had violent riots. We didn't have oh, sure, sure. we didn't have these marches like we're having now. I mean, these are these are very tame, and I'm glad they're tame because uh, there were some, there were some scary moments back there in the well, 60s you know, and 70s. Look, let, let's, Go there briefly. And I know we've got other things to talk about, but it's important that we have these conversations. I will defend, while I, I despise the message coming from some of these militant kids, and some of these kids are militant, mm-hmm. their message is militant. Well, you can't say that about the kids because the hell I can't say that about the kids. I can't. They're calling me blankety blank blanking murderers. Mm-hmm. I've got them on tape. I just, it's so vile that I can't even play it on my radio program. Okay? But they're calling me a murderer because I'm a member of the National Rifle Association. All right? But we can't question anything they say. Now, think about this, because the media protects them. Think about what would have happened if there were a 24-hour media that was as out of the closet as we are today back during the marches you were talking about oh, that. Because at that moment in time, we were talking ABC, CBS, and NBC. Right. And, and we few, had three and major few, newscasts at yeah. 6.30 in the evening. That's yeah. where we got our news. And I remember those days, too, in the 70s. Yeah. Think about what we would have had then if we had a 24-7 progressive coverage like we have now. It would have I, been a completely different scenario. I shudder to think about that. I, I agree with you yeah. 100%. You know, we did have a few little independent stations around the country, and some of the larger cities had a few more. But for the most part, you're right. It was ABC, NBC, CBS, and that was all you heard. And if they were for it, then that's what you heard. If they were against it, that's what you heard. There or you no... didn't hear it because they never touched it and nobody knew. And life went on in America and we all lived fine. Right. See, we, now we, we can split that. left, split right, and go and get our news from wherever we want 24-7. And, and they know that, and they're intentionally driving a wedge. And don't think for two seconds that the media isn't trotting out David Hogg and the rest of them to infuriate Americans. Sure. They are doing That's sure. why they're doing it. Sure. And I would point out, too, that um, those uh, some of those things that were going on during Vietnam, the people that were, uh, were in big support of that, as uh, one former president by the name of Clinton, one former presidential candidate by the name of Clinton, and oh, another Hillary, former presidential candidate right, her speech, named John Kerry. Her speech Kerry. grubbing money's down to 25 grand now. Yeah, yeah, and... Uh, and John Kerry, those guys were were big in those movements, and this is the same people that are trying to change our country again. I will agree that they changed the country a little bit, but they didn't change it the way they wanted to. And now they think this is a chance because now they've got a bunch of money back in them. You got George Soros and Michael Bloomberg, uh, Bill Gates, uh, you name it. Anybody's got billions of dollars is throwing a, a ton of money into all these marches and everything to try to keep that story going to try to to uh, eliminate our our gun rights, our Second Amendment. Well, I, I have to, to point out here from what you're saying that I have to remind listeners of what Alan Gottlieb reminded me of, and he, and he reminded me of forcefully. 
And that was, Mark, that, you know, we were talking about repealing the Second Amendment, how that's not going to happen. Alan will be the first one to tell you. And if he were on the phone now, he would have stopped me and scolded me and said, Mark, 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 they don't have to. They don't have to repeal it. They're not going to repeal it. They don't need to. They don't even need to legislate around it. All they need to do is turn companies against us, get people to stop selling guns, shame gun owners into the corner to the point where they won't even admit they're gun owners, go around the edges to the point that they kill sales through taxes, background checks for M. He's right. That's what they're trying to do. They know they're not going to wipe that out on repeal. There is a, a group that we're talking about now that actually believes they can do that and let them because we want, we want them to tell us what they've been thinking, as we said in the first segment. But I've got to remind you, listener, they don't have to do it. All they have to do is shame you and every manufacturer and everybody else into thinking, you know what, this ain't worth it. And Eric Holder's prediction in 1993 about brainwashing right. everybody comes true. Well, there's Keep another. In mind. There's another thing too that that I would point out to you, and that is uh, a movement that's being kind of pressed that way right now, and that is doing away with the due rights process. If you do away with right. due rights process, it doesn't matter whether you've got a a Second Amendment right or not, because no, and you're they can take about it away from you. protective orders. Jerry, yes. and this is such a dangerous thing to think. This is very difficult to wrap your head around. I sit here, you know, you go through life and some things are just so wrong. Yep. You think, how can anybody think that that's right? How yep. can anybody believe that that could happen, especially in 2018 America? And what we're talking about is here, how could uh, any hold police thought. officer... Hold that thought. Let's come back to that in just a minute. We're going to go take another break, uh, and we'll talk about the due process uh, attack when we get back want to remind you one more time go to georgiacarry.org our website you can find out everything we've done you can join it's twenty dollars a year you can join multiple years or whatever you can contact us you can follow us at georgia carry on twitter i'm at got your back 64 on twitter you can download the commercial free podcast there uh, as well as here at newstalk1160.com and we will be right back And now, back to GeorgiaCarry.org radio with GeorgiaCarry.org's executive director, Jerry Henry. Welcome back to GeorgiaCarry.org radio hour here once again with Mark Walters, our good friend from Armed America Radio and Daily Defense Drive. Um, before we left uh, at the break there, we were talking about uh, the attack that I see as attack on due process. And we're yeah. we're seeing that through bills from domestic violence, from uh, mental health bills, et cetera. And uh, the NRA even has backed uh, the gun violence uh, restraining orders that you can go get them and, and not have to go through due process. And when you start doing that, we've, we've gotten away from what this country was built on yeah, and, and yeah. what we should be doing as citizens to protect ourselves. That's what I said before the break. It's hard. You know, some things are just so wrong, you know it. And this is one of those cases. It is impossible for me to wrap my head around in 2018 America, in 1818 America, that we could, by, by any stretch of the imagination, have a police officer or, or a family member, it doesn't matter who it is, petition a judge without our knowledge, right. without us having to be present to defend ourselves. Correct. When a constitutional right is being revoked from us, mm-hmm. there it, it is only 100% common sense that that individual, you don't do, you can't find him, then you don't put the order in place until you can find the guy. He needs to be here in right. front of me. 
Right. Under the law, John Monroe would tell you that we apply strict scrutiny when it comes to cases such as constitutional rights issues. And the courts and the, and the, and the higher courts will send it back to the lower courts saying they used the wrong level of scrutiny when they were adjudicating right. the case. Right. Okay? Uh, this, is a, this, is, this is the same issue. How in America we can have an, a man or a woman in this case char- talked about in, in a courtroom that that person is not allowed to defend themselves right. before a constitutional right is, is taken from them is absolutely beyond, it's beyond my scope. And it, it must be above my pay grade because I just, I can't wrap my head around that well, in I, America. I can't wrap my head around the, the, the reasoning for it other than the fact that it is a good way for them to take guns. You know, one of the, uh, I, I sat in a couple of hearings this past uh, session on, on a couple of bills. One of them was a, a domestic violence bill. Well, one of the things that that I know the sponsor of the bill, uh, who was not really happy with the way the bill came out, other than the fact that uh, we had promised to work with them to try to get it better. Right. Uh, one of the things that that, uh, that she mentioned was, you know, this, this bill was being backed by women's groups. And she said, you know, you got to understand this door swings both ways. There are women out there who... Uh, beat men who who uh, violate men by hitting them, shooting them, and whatever. And you got to understand that this law is going to apply to the women just as well as it's going to apply to the men. And so, if you go out and, and commit uh, domestic violence, and you're a lady, uh, well, if you're a woman, the lady wouldn't do that. But you go out and commit it on your husband. Guess what? You're going to face the same penalties that they're facing. So you need to understand before you go that you know all the way with this bill what you're what you're putting yourself in for as well, because the time may come when you're going to have to defend yourself against it. But one of the things that we didn't like about it was the fact that that uh, they could, the sheriff could just go out and, and arrest you and take your guns because uh, you were a danger to somebody. And they, as you say, they don't have to tell you. They can do whatever they want to. Just go take the firearms, and that's going to make this person safer. Well, if it's a, let's say it is a lady that's in her 20s. She gets accused of it. Maybe she did, maybe she didn't, but she gets accused of it. She's living there with one child by herself. The sheriff comes out, takes her guns away from her, and she cannot purchase another gun to defend herself during the time that the sheriff has her firearms. Nor can the guy when he does either. This is, again, I, I look at this, I'll use the analogy of the strict scrutiny. This has to have the highest level to it when it comes to... In other words, due process. Due process is what I'm talking about, the highest level of due process. Not only did that, does that indiv- should that individual have, have to be there, number one, but that individual should be able to appeal and go all the way through an appellate process before any constitutional right is taken, no uh, matter how right. long it takes to get that done. Now, you can speed that process up. If it's a if it's a if it's a, this type of sure, order, sure. And, and make the whole process take forty eight hours or or thirty six hours or seventy two hours or whatever has to be done, and you know I, I think you got a lot of people out there who are very well intentioned with this. We don't want anybody to get hurt. Oh no, and no, these I people know him best. Well, here's the problem: they say, well, it, it's got protections in it. It it, it punishes somebody who 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 does it falsely. Oh, gee, okay. You mean like right? We punish people who walk into schools and kill 20 people. Right. We, people break the law. There are people out there who don't give a crap that there are teeth in this thing. The teeth in this is the Constitution and due process. That's the teeth, and that's what we should be applying. Right. Well, also a couple of things that came out of this hearing was one of the the uh, district attorneys, who was a lady, uh, said that um, uh, 42% of the uh, domestic violence 
homicides are committed with firearms, and they wanted to stop that. So I I sat there and kept listening and listening, and I thought, well, then you're saying okay to 58% of the homicides that are committed with something else. Right. You're the only majority, attacking the, the firearms. The majority of them are done by hands. The majority of them are strangled. Guy gets mad or female gets mad and strangles her husband, strangles the, the wife. So what are we going to do about those? You know, you can't you can't go out and take a, a piece of paper and confiscate somebody's hands. It just can't oh, be but done. But they can go out and they can take an AR-15, and then when you sit and you listen to them intently and you ask them questions, and this is what I want you to do, listener, if you know somebody that's for a ban on AR-15s, talk to them, engage them about the AR-15 specifically. Get them to explain to you, first off, what assault rifle is. They won't be able to do that, right. but don't engage. Just ask them. Let them go. Let them make fools of themselves. Talk why, tell them tell you why it should be banned, and then say, okay, all right, well, that would make sense to me kind of cock your head, like I said, like a chihuahua, raise an eyebrow, and say, well, what about that? You're okay with handguns, though, right? I mean, I can have a handgun in my home or yeah. something like that. Yeah, I don't have a problem with that, but no one needs a weapon of war. You say, yeah. you mean a weapon of war like the handgun that Shuangui Cho used to kill 32 people at Virginia Tech? Right. And look at the look on their face. Oh, yeah. Watch the look yeah. on their face. Yeah, they know not what they speak. Uh, or but, they do, and you've just busted them, and <laughs> you know, they're doing it intentionally. Some yeah, kids do. Yeah. I would submit to you that kids like Hogg and the rest of them, uh, they do know exactly what they're doing. Yeah. They absolutely know what they're doing. Well, continuing on about, about the hearing, there was one other thing that came out of there. And the DA said, well, the, the biggest problem, because we, we brought up in there, well, domestic violence, even uh, dis, uh, misdemeanor uh, domestic violence, is a, a federal prohibitor from owning a firearm. So you want to do more than that. Well, the DA says, well, the problem is uh, the the judge or the, the guy gets an attorney or the person gets an attorney and then they they get it. Uh, they get the sentence lowered. They get the the charge lowered. And so therefore, they're not charged with domestic violence. Well, so my question to that is, whose fault is that? Is that mine or is that the judge? Is that the court? It's the system that you're trying to pass another law to make the system work when the system has the laws to make it work, but nobody wants to address fixing the system. Nobody wants to address, make sure that judge does what he's supposed to do. Well, everybody feels that they can let, we see, this is, we fall into that trap. This is where the liberal, this is where liberalism, you can see liberalism for the disease that it is, because it's emotion-based rather than fact-driven. It's emotional, it's not fact-driven, and you can see that disease of liberalism manifest itself through people who, tr- who, who believe that they can actually legislate people's morality oh, yeah. and legislate yeah. their behavior. And we need a new law to fix this law because that one didn't work, hence the fix nicks. It, you know, the Air Force already violated the law right. by not having the information That's in the exactly database. Right. But we need another new law to give them more money to make sure that they break, that they, that they follow the law that's already in place. This is crazy. It's, it's insanity. Right. And the fact is, there are bad people on Earth who do bad things, and we live in a free society. And hey, Mr. Liberal, yes, I'm here to tell you the fact. We can't control everybody's behavior. And in a free society, we, are, we walk a very fine line. That's correct. At what point are you willing to give up your freedoms? Or any portion thereof. Or any portion thereof to become what you, what you deem safe. That's correct. That, that is exactly right. There's an and, old saying and, about that. that it, who was it that said it? Ben Franklin, right? Ben Franklin, I believe, that. said that. Said that yeah. so, uh, anyone who's willing to give up a little bit of, of uh, freedom for a little bit of security will soon have none. You know, this is, 
One of the things, too, though, that when you were talking about having to pass another law, that's one of the things that seems like an awful lot of legislators fall into. They feel like if they don't pass a law every once in a while, they're not doing their job. They might not get elected. So something happened, and what can we do? Well, I, let's do something. We've got to do something. We've got to pass a law. We saw that in Florida. We talked about sure. it a couple weeks in this we very did. program. That's exactly right. We talked right. about it in our previous conversation well, two weeks ago, Jerry, right here on, on Saturday, two weeks ago, that – well, look what happened with, with Scott in Florida, and, and look what happened with Rubio. Right. We've got to do something. Who are you trying to appease? We go right, right. back to that same question. Well, if you're you trying could to do appease something. the people that aren't going to vote for you anyway, what right. is it you're trying to accomplish? Right. This is when the disease of liberalism or conservatism separates itself. The conservative sits back and says, okay, let's take a breather here, get and, the facts, right. and let's make a decision, yeah. versus the person out there that goes and decides, oh, they're going to make a business decision and drive their business into the ground simply because of what they're seeing that right now with Hulu and others, Nutrish, that are walking away from Laura Ingram because yep. of a bunch of Twitter heads who live in their parents' basement. It's just yep. incredible where we are today. Oh, I don't disagree with that. It's, uh, But it, like I said, it's one of those things, instead of them saying, what can we do to make it better, <clears throat> and a, a perfect example of that is something I talked about uh, yesterday morning at, at uh, University of North Georgia at a, in a class up there, and I'll, I'll we'll discuss that after we come back from the break. But uh, the FASTER program is something that, that we've discussed here. You're Jim Irvine's with it. You, you're very familiar with him. That is a program that looks at something that can be done, that can actually be done to affect what's going on. Instead of adding another lock, another camera, you know, another three guys outside that won't come in because they were told to stay out because they didn't have body cams or because they were just too scared to go in there. And this is a program that actually works and will do something, and it does not go back to 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 let's let's pass another law. This goes back to what can we do with the laws we have now and the people that we have in place. And it's a very good program. And, by the way, uh, right now I have a meeting set up for April the twelfth, here with uh, with Jim Irvine and uh, hopefully some of our board members, myself and uh, some of the members down here in the in the Gold Dome. So hopefully we're going to get somewhere uh, with that program here in Georgia. I want to remind you one more time: go to georgiacarry.org, our website. You can learn everything we've ever done, all the paperwork from every lawsuit we filed. Uh, the latest news is normally on the front page of the website. Uh, you can join. At $20 a year, best $20 a year you're going to spend to protect your rights. Uh, you can uh, follow us at Georgia Carey. I'm at GotYourBack64 on Twitter. Uh, you can download the commercial free podcast there as well as here at Newstalk1160.com, and we will be right back. And now, back to georgiacarry.org radio with georgiacarry.org's executive director, Jerry Henry. Welcome back to georgiacarry.org radio hour here once again with uh, my good friend Mark Walters. And I might add that he's your good friend too because he spends an awful lot of time working on uh, Second Amendment issues, letting people know what's going on with his radio programs and uh, speaking engagement, writing columns. He's, uh, he's very active in that. Uh, just kind of wanted to to tell you a little story about what uh, how I spent my Friday morning. I got up fairly early and drove up to University of North Georgia up at Gainesville. Uh, they I had been requested to come up there and uh, and explain why I thought uh, we should have campus carry. 
So I I did, and I said, well, my I started off by saying I I think we've explained that for about the last ten years, and we probably won <laughs> on that that situation. And <laughs> the guy agreed, yeah, you you won that one. So uh, it was very interesting talking to uh, these these uh, college students were. Uh, 18, 19 years old. Some of them were actually younger than that, um, and uh, they were they were doing a study. A study. They were supposed to write a some kind of study about uh, different subjects, and one of them was campus carry or gun laws, and you know take a position. And what the the instructor was trying to do, or the professor was trying to do, was to give them different views so that they could look at different things. And one of the things that I did talk about with them was uh, the fact that that we have not come up with a really good program to change these shootings, such as faster program. We have talked about it and talked about it. Well, more locks, more uh, video cameras, more police, blah, blah, blah. And no matter what you do, things never change. We still have the shootings. We still have the mass killings. And we need to do something different to change it. And I was really kind of... um, I was well pleased that they they listened to that portion of the program. They listened to all of it. They were very nice about that. But they listened to that portion of the program, and I think it really hit home with them when they realized that you could save an awful lot of lives by stopping the, the threat as soon as you can and administering first aid while the the uh, or before the medical people get to the victims. And uh, as we said before, most people that are shot don't get killed by the bullet. The bullet doesn't kill you. But it does allow you to bleed to death. So with these people being trained in such and stopping the bleeding and trying to keep the victim breathing until the medical group can come in and take them to the hospital will save an awful lot of lives no matter how many people got shot. And when you got an armed teacher there or an armed personnel of the school there to go that's trained to go and get stop the perp, you're going to have less wounds to treat. So I don't think we're going to, and I told them this, I don't think we're going to ever be able to just do away 100% with school shootings, but we can lessen the damage. And I think that's one of the important things about that. Well, the first thing that has to be done is we have to harden the school, period. That's correct. Period. And that's how you do it. I don't know any rational person who is who feels less safe on an airplane because their pilot might be armed. I don't know how many times we have to repeat this. I don't know any sane, rational person who feels less safe when a police officer walks into a 7-Eleven at 2 o'clock in the morning when they're in a strange place driving somewhere overnight when he walks in there with a gun. They feel safer when he walks in there, not because he's in a uniform, but because he has a gun. That's That's what makes them feel safer, number two. I don't know anybody who feels less safe at home if they live, particularly if they live in a bad area, mm-hmm. because they have a means to defend themselves. I mean, it's, it's, it's common sense. But again, what we're doing is we're fighting this media drive against our right to bear right. arms. And they put this out there that somehow an armed teacher is a problem to a school. Look, right. the armed teacher, we're not, we don't expect the teacher. They, they give us this idea of the school marm, you know, trying to bound our way through the hallways Insert. That's not what this is about. This is about the teacher, male, female, makes no difference, highly trained, who is in that classroom, who is on lockdown with those kids that has a firearm should that door get kicked in. That's correct. 
rather than throwing rocks like they want to do with that dopey school system and wherever it was in liberal land, la la, unicorn fart, smell like strawberry field <laughs> land, wherever that was, throwing rocks. I mean, just dried bubble gum, Adam. How about we do that? You know, let's do that. But in this case, you've got bullets coming at somebody, and it stops the threat. The person either falls right. to the ground and dies, good, or runs away, hit, and then later falls down and dies good. Either way, the attack is stopped. That's what we're talking about That's here. Right. And I don't have, I don't just don't know any parent who could sit there and tell me that that would not be a good idea if that were their child in that classroom. Look, I've asked this question. And listen, I want you to take this to the bank. I want you to ask this question of someone who's trying to give you the anti-gun drivel here. Make, ask him this question. If we could wake up the 30 kids at Virginia Tech, for example, mm -hmm. and tell them, you're going to die tomorrow at 3.02 p.m., but I'm going to give you a firearm to defend yourself so that you may live and go on with your life and graduate and get married and have kids and have a career and retire and maybe get rich and do what you want to do in your life. But if, I, if you don't want a gun, I'm going to guarantee you're going to be dead tomorrow. How many of those kids wouldn't want the opportunity to defend themselves if they knew it were going to happen? Well, I agree with that. I, I, I don't think there's any question in that part. I also, uh, you know, one of the things that I've always said about whether armed or not armed, uh, um, one of my favorite questions is how long do you think slavery would have lasted in this country if the slaves had been armed? Well, there wouldn't have been any, yeah, and we wouldn't, wouldn't have had a 140-year exactly right. public gathering in this state. That's correct. We would not have had it because of the fact that they could defend themselves. They could stop and whatever well, you want to do. Let's make it clear that the Democrats would never have been able to enforce their gun control because it was, a, let's make very clear, what party was the party of gun control then? Has always been. Not not just Democrat. then, as always. Well, not always. I can. Uh, there's some place, times back in the 60s that uh, the Democrats, they got to understand, though, when we say Democrats, there's, in my opinion, there's two Democrats. There, there's always been two Democrats. But now the people that are calling them themselves Democrats and the ones that are in power, basically, in the Democratic Party are progressives. They're not really what you would call a Democrat, as you and I knew when we were growing up, or at least... Now, that was a conservative. There were, you know, we're talking about the John Kennedy wing of the party. That's correct. That's time, correct. John Kennedy would have been, I'm, I'm convinced, would have been a Republican. Well, today. he, if he had wanted to get elected president, he would have to be nowadays, right. because he could not get elected. He couldn't even run. He was also as, a card-carrying life member, if I'm not mistaken, of the National Rifle Association. Probably was. I, I don't remember that one, but probably was. But he there's, a, you know, uh, there's just... Uh, there's a whole litany of, of those things where, yeah, you're right, they have been one of our thorns in our side for quite some time, and will probably remain so for a while. But uh, it's really the progressives and not the Democrats. I think the Democrats are, are like Dazelle Miller who says, I didn't leave the party, the party left me. And that, in my opinion, is exactly what happened, too. Well, you don't have enough standing up. The days of the Blue Dogs are done, and unfortunately you don't have enough of them standing up and saying what Zell said back then. Well, that's and, true. You know, because. They, they just they, they won't stay up, stand up. You've got people on the outside that are telling them that the party. Now, it's interesting. Roseanne Barr, of all people, oh, yes. <laughs> told Jimmy Kimmel yep. basically to, to zip it yep. and then said, you know, Jimmy said, I was surprised to find out you were a Trump supporter. Yep. And she said, why? You guys went so far so off far the rails. Off. Yep. It's not me. Yep. Said, y'all went you. so far off, you even you left, left me. me. You lost me. Exactly. So, yes, you I lost agree with me, that. not the other way around. And, you know, hence why Trump is in office, hence why you've got union workers in middle America, blue-collar, hardworking people that are now voting for Trump 
instead of Hillary Clinton. If right. That was her name. Is that her name, Hillary Clinton? I just usually refer uh, to her as what's her face. Now she's 25K a speech instead of 250K. Couldn't have happened to a better yeah, criminal liar. Yeah, though. well, that's the way it is. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's just that way. We're getting, uh, coming down to the end of the show here. I want to mention a couple of things I haven't mentioned. We're going to uh, we have our 10th annual convention this uh August 24th and 25th, it's going to be at the Evergreen Conference Center in Stone Mountain. Uh, instead of having a, a speaker from uh, one of the Second Amendment groups or uh, so forth, we're having uh, a little bit of entertainment this time. We're having Jim Gossett, who is the newsmaker line really on, on the Kimmer show over on uh, Y106. And uh, he is a funny, funny impressionist. If you haven't heard him, it, I will assure you that when we leave uh, Saturday night after the dinner, we will all be laughing. We will all have a good time, uh, and we're looking forward to uh, to trying to put on a pretty good show for everybody this year. Uh, AWR has promised he's going to be there, so we're going to make sure that's right. I want to uh, thank you, Mark, once more for coming on and uh, helping My me pleasure. out. Thanks for having me. We uh, we really enjoy it. I enjoy every time you're on here. I enjoy being on your program every once in a while. Hint, hint. Uh, <laughs> And, well, uh, you, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna reach out to you. We'll talk uh, after I the know show. It. I know it. Uh, <laughs> we uh, want to remind you go to georgiacarry dot org our website. You can join. You can renew. You can download the commercial free podcast there. You can download it here at newstalk eleven sixty dot com. And we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to georgiacarry.org radio, hosted by Georgia Carry's executive director, Jerry Henry. GeorgiaCarry.org is Georgia's no-compromise voice for gun owners. Join us each week for information on protecting your Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. GeorgiaCarry.org radio, Saturday mornings at 8 only on News Talk 1160, the talk of the town.